0: The Mishnah. If someone died and three people want to collect from the estate, the wife, the Balchayv, and the Yarshim, so the Yusayimim get the Mitaltalan, according to Rabbi Akiva. But according to Rabbi Tarfan, the Mitaltalan go to the person in the worst condition. Payers, however, in the field, go to whoever was them first. And the Gemara asks, what does person in the worst condition mean? That's a Machalikas, who this refers to. Either it refers to the Yusayimim or the wife. We pasken like Rabbi Akiva, but only when he is arguing with his contemporaries. However, when he argues with his rabbi, then we don't paskin like him. If one died and left over behemoths to the Yusayim, and these behemoths were under the control of a shaymer, and a balkhaev came and captured a cow from the shaymer to pay back his chayv, in a dentira the shaymer said, the balkhaev took the ax after the misa. So since we hold, like Rabbi Akiva, that Tfisa won't help after the misa, he'll have to give it back. The cow, meaning. But the balkhaev said, he stole it before the death, so therefore he should get to keep it. Reb Nachman said, We believe the Balkhaib since he has a migo. He could have said that he bought it. If a Balkhaib is typhus something for himself, we say, and he is kaina. But if the grabber comes to be typhus, a peekotten from his friend, then if the tfisa hurts someone else, the tfisa is no good, since we say, even though Abaya was from the B'nai Eili who were cursed not to have arichas yomim because they were Mavaza of the carbonist, that's why they got that kloa. Abaya was zeichat arichas yomim anyway because of his very special godless in Torah. There was a maisa that seven pearls wrapped in a sheet were given to Reb Misha, Misharsha. And he was nifter before he told his children what to do with them. And they didn't know if they should believe the man who said he gave the pearls to Reb Misharsha. It depends on which of the chazakas exist, whether we believe or not. If a person leaves money after he dies for a Talmud Chacham, he'll get big schusim in the Oilam HaMas. So if someone left money and we're not sure if he meant to leave it for a Talmud Chacham or a neighbor, we assume he preferred a Talmud Chacham. If the choice is between a relative or a neighbor, then the relative goes first. But if the choice is between a distant relative and a close neighbor, then we say that it's probably to the close neighbor. Nach If a Malva sold the collection rights of his loan to a friend, and then he was Michael alone, the Mechila works. If someone owes money to a malva, and a woman in a ksuba, and he owns land, and he owns cash, the malva he should pay money, and to the woman he should pay land. If he only has enough land to pay back one, then he pays back the malva. If not, it will discourage people from loaning money. Aye, but if he doesn't pay the ksuba, it will discourage women from getting married. Our answer is a woman wants to marry much more than a man, so we're not really worried about this. But of course, in terms of lending money, people are not that interested in lending money, so if we... Mess around with them, they'll never want to lend money. I think says 39 malkas are only given if a person is over on a loy saying, But a mitzvah say that a person passes up, like not sitting in a sukkah, we can give him even more lashes. And finally we say if a get is placed in a tzideh rishus harabim, a woman is not kind of the get, since Side is not considered part of her rishus, the mishnah. If someone appointed his wife as his storekeeper, or as an apitropos on property, he can make her make a shvua that she didn't keep any of the business money for herself. And in fact, the Gemara says, he can make her swear even for small things like dough and thread. The next Mishnah. If a husband says to his wife, I am absolving you from ever having to make a shvua, shvuah, as we mentioned in the last Mishnah, so if a situation comes up, he cannot make her swear, but he can make her yarshim swear if they inherit it. The Gemara. Depending on the exact lushan that he said vis-à-vis the neder, that will determine if the yarshim can force her to swear or not the next Mishnah. If a woman took a partial payment on her ksubah, when she wants the rest of it, she must make a shvua as to what exactly she has already collected. The Gemara says the reason why she swears is because she has, she is now being made to a And a person is made in a the miktas, then it becomes a case of shvua mida reisa. But Rava says a shvua mida is always a shvua that patters someone from paying. In addition, there are shvuas the Rabbana like chen al-pin Kosai, who wrote down a purchase, and the buyer disagrees. And finally we say if one witness testified that her ksuba was paid, she must swear if she wants to collect. And any place that two witnesses could make you pay, one witness can make you swear. However, a shvua is never made on ownership of land. When one party is out of town, we'll only force a by my ksubis isha, because we want to motivate the woman to get married. But it's a question if we'll do this for a balchayv, to force a shvua when he's out of town. We say that we don't force an Abhitrappas to make these types of shvuas. Otherwise, no one will want to do this type of a job and no one is inter- will be interested in becoming an Apitropos, the Mishnah. If a woman wants to collect her ksuba, and, but she lost the ksuba, but only has a get, then sh- we must pay her because the whole ksuba is considered a maisebezdin. If she has the ksuba but she doesn't have the get, then he doesn't have to pay her. It's the same thing if a malva comes with a shtar and Shemitah passes and he can't prove if there was a prusbal or not. We know that normally, if Shemitah comes around, all chayvis that were owed up to that point become null and void because of the Shemitah. So they got around this by making a takana called pruzbal. The only chayvis that come free during Shemitah are chayvis that were to normal people. But a chayv that was owned to Bezdin, that does not come free during the Shemitah year. Therefore, a pruzbal is a shtar that basically says instead of you owing a certain person money, it's as if you owe. The Beis sort of say, you owe to to Bezdin, you owe them money. Therefore, since you owe it to them, that's not butl when it comes to Shemitah, and the loan will still be required to be paid back. So Buleva does not have to pay in this kind of a case. made a takana, after Goyim made a special takana that we're not allowed to do mitzvahs, that a woman can claim her ksuba without a get, and a Malva can collect money even without a prusible after Shemitah. The Torah states in Devarim that all debts are automatically cancelled by the Shemitah, as we mentioned, and no longer required to pay. This takana of pruzbul is learned in the Gemara Gittin, Daflam and Dalad, Amid Beis, that Hillel enacted a procedure to circumvent this automatic debt cancellation. Why did he do that? This was because of a concern that creditors would refuse to lend money to people. Because of their concern that their debts will be cancelled by the Shemitah, Hillel instituted the use of a pruzbul. He said that a creditor can protect his debts from the Shemitah cancellation by drawing up a pruzbul before Shemitah. Thus, the halacha is that after Shemitah, a debt can be collected if the creditor has a prismal which he can show. Generally, the rule is that his word alone, claiming that he had a prismal and he lost it, will not enable him to collect the pre-Shemitah debt. Rather, he has to produce the actual prismal in order to collect the debt. However, as we mentioned, Rupeshim ben Gamliel, he maintains that certain times an exception is made and the debt can be collected without actually producing the prismal itself. He says that bishas hasakana, in a dangerous period, where Jews were forbidden to do Torah because of anti-Semitic governmental decrees, people were afraid to retain the prusbal in their possession so as not to incriminate themselves as one who fulfills the Shemitah law. If Goyim would come and search the house and they would find the prusbal, they'd get into trouble. Therefore, Rav Shemim ben Gamliel said that during these times, we rely on a person's claim that he initially had a prusbal, but he lost it, and is consequently given permission to collect his debt even without producing the actual prusbal document. The Rambam asserts that this halacha of Rav ben Gamlil is not limited to Shasa Sakana, a dangerous period of time per se. He rules that once this halacha was put into place, it was never removed. He rules as indicated by the term of Meha Vi Eilach, that regardless of whether there is actually a Sakana or not, the halacha of Rav Shimon ben Gamlil, which allows one to collect the debt without actually producing the prismal, remains intact. The Rabbeinu Yaina also rules, as the Rambam, that the halacha of Rav ben Gamlil remained indefinitely intact, even today. He explains this to be due to the concern that our situation can revert at any time to a shah sakana, as long as we are in golas the Gemara. We see from our Mishnah that we always write a sheva, a receipt for a husband after he pays the ksuba to his wife. Even though this is really a machoikas in Baba Basra if we do this or not. If she doesn't have a get, and there are no edim, if the divorce actually took place, we cannot believe her to receive Ksuba money since we have no raya that she's actually divorced. Not only does a fully married woman get Ksuba money in the event of a divorce, but even an Arusa gets Ksuba money, and even the Taysefes Ksuba, except a coin for anazaria who says she only gets the basic part of the Ksuba, the 200-100, but does not get the Taysefes. Related, a Kayin can only become Tame for a wife if they actually had Nisuan, i.e. Chuppa, but if they only had Arison then he cannot be Matama for her. The Mishnah. If a woman comes to Besdin with two Gitin and two Ksubas, she collects both. If she had two ksubas but one get, she only collects one, or vice versa. The commerses says the purpose of ksuba number two was to add on some extra tisephes ksuba above and beyond the 200-100. the Mishnah. If a kutin was married off by his father, and a ksuba was written for the wife, the ksuba is after, even after he becomes a gadol. A ger who converted with his wife, the ksuba that was written before they were gerim, before they were Jewish, is also niskayim. And the Gemara says Rapuna holds this Mishnah only is mechuyiv him on the 100-200, not on the Ticephus Ksuba. Rabbi Yehuda says he is even mechuyiv on the Ticephus Ksuba. This marks the end of this Peric. Now let's begin parakh Yud, the 10th parakh Mishahaya Nosoi, the Mishnah. A man was married to two women and he dies. Both women come to collect their Ksubas. The earlier dated Ksuba has the first right to collect. If both women died, the children each collect from their own mother's inheritance. If, however, the wife dies before the husband, so she gets no ksuba, and he remarries, then he dies, so her children inherit the money, due to ksuba's indichrin. However, the wife number two, who collects ksuba due to chayv, has kadima before the yarshim of number one, who are collecting due to Yerusha. The Gemara. If a later balchaev comes, and is typhus before the earlier balchaev, it can be chal, although lachatchili shouldn't do this. Kxubas bin Dikrin does not have a din of a chaif, which would be allowed to be collected from the Chasim Mishubadim, but rather it has a din of Yerusha which cannot be collected from the Chasim Mishubadim, but only from the Chasse bin Echar. Benanis and Rabbi Akiva argue if one wife dies while the husband is alive, and the other dies after his death, one holds that the children of the first wife are entitled to Knub Ksubus bin in The other holds, in this case, the children of the first wife are not entitled to Ksubas binin Dichrin. However, all agree that after a ksuba is paid, there must be some money left to be Makayan the mitzvah daraisa of paying off the Yerusha. The Mishnah. If a man was married to two wives, and they both died, so technically none of the Yarshim are entitled to a Ksuba, but they do get to split the Ksuba equally if the Ksubas were originally equal in value. But if one is more valuable, each side takes the value of their mother's respective Ksuba, the Gemara. If the property depreciated, the Yarshim get to reevaluate it at its original higher value for value purposes, to see actually where it all falls out. Abai said that if a father dies, if someone's father dies, it's a mitzvah mid for the usayimim to pay back any chayves that the father owed. We know that if a man dies and has outstanding debts, his creditors can collect their debts from the karka properties of his estate, from the chassam mishubadim. They cannot, however, collect from the metaltalin of the estate. The Gemara here says that although the heirs, the Usainim, are not compelled to repay their father's outstanding loan, where there was no karka in the estate, nevertheless, there is a mitzvah for them to do so out of respect for their father. Rashi explains that they are fulfilling a mitzvah by paying off their father's outstanding debts because they are, in effect, protecting the honor and good name of their father. Whether or not this mitzvah extends so far as to require children to even dip into their personal resources, that's a matter of dispute amongst the authorities. The Rajbah asserts, that not only are they required to use the recently acquired inheritance for the purpose of repaying their father's loans, they are even obligated to spend their own money for this purpose. The Rajba, however, draws a distinction. He says that when there are funds available from the inheritance, and the children can be compelled by bezin to repay the loan. If, however, no inheritance is available, they are not compelled to repay the loan from their own money, albeit they have a mitzvah to do so. The Rabbah, however, disagrees, and rules that this mitzvah of repaying the outstanding debts applies solely to the inheritance funds. He is of the opinion that there is no obligation at all requiring them to use their personal money for this purpose. The Aghaz Ashri notes that there is a similar discussion in the Gemarni Kedush and Daflamit Be'i Zamed Aleph, concerning the general mitzvah of Kibbut Abbaim. Rabbi Yehudah is of the opinion that the mitzvah requires a son to spend his own money when necessary to honor his parents. This view appears to be consistent with the Rajabah's opinion requiring a son to spend his own money to protect the honor of his father by repaying his outstanding loans. Rav Nassan, however, maintains that the mitzvah of Kiber Aim only requires children to spend time and effort for their parents' honor, but does not require them to spend personal money. The view of Rav Nassan seems consistent with the Rambam's position, but does not require children to spend their personal funds to uphold their father's honor by repaying his loans. Egos Shri thus concludes that since the halacha follows the opinion of Rav therefore here too in our Gemara, the halacha should follow the Rambam's opinion, exempting the children from having to spend their personal money. Taf Tzadik Ram Nachman said if him collected land that was owed to the father, the bachayev can later come and recollect the land. The think it says if Ruvain sold all his land to Shimon, and Shimon sold one of his fields, field which is Bainanist quality, to Levi, and someone who Ruvain owes money to comes to collect money from the Lukuchas, he can collect from either Shimon or Levi. But if Levi bought Ziburius or Idus from Ruvain, the Lukuchas can only collect from Shimon, because he can tell that he purposely, then not by bananas so as to protect against this very possible occurrence. Abaya says if Ruvain sold a field to Shimon with a meaning if a Balchaev takes a field away from Shimon, Shimon can ask Ruvain for a refund. So if the balchaev came to Shimon to collect, Ruvain can try to go and convince the balchaev not to push for the money. And the Gemara debates who exactly the balchaev has the entire with Ruvain or Shimon. Taisfis is bothered by why does it really matter? If he sues Ruvain, Shimon will have to pay. And if he sues Shimon, Ruvain will have to pay. A person is considered to have made a chazaka on the purchase of land once he is chidayish Hamitsri. Once he steps into the boundary of the land and walks around sort sort of feeling like he's the balabas. Mishnah. One who was married to three women, and then he died, and they came to collect their ksubas. One wants 100 zuz, one wants 200 zuz, and one wants 300 zuz. But the estate has only 100. We divide the estate equally. However, if the estate has 200 zuzim, we get 50 to the first one, 75 to the second, and 75 to the third. If there's 300, we get 50 to the first, 100 to the second, and 150 to the third. And if three people put money in an investment pool, and its value in the investment pool all declines, they split the new balance that's left, that's left over equally between the three of them. I think Amara says, our mission is like Rabbi Nussan, who splits the Ksubhah money in unequal amounts. One gets 200, one gets 100, etc. But Rabbi says we split the estate equally between all three. According to Shmuel, if two people invest in something, one puts in 200 and one puts in 100. Once they divide the profits, they divide it equally between both of them, even though one put in more than the other. But they only divide equally if they bought a cow for the purpose of labor. So the fruits of labor labor, have an equal share between the two of them. But if they bought the cow for the purposes of shchita and they shechted the cow, the profit from the meat is split to feed the investment. So if one person invested two-thirds, he would get two-thirds of the meat. If one person invested one-third, he would get one-third of the meat. The mission. One who has four wives and then he dies, so number one has first rights to the assets to collect Ksuba before number two. But all must swear that they didn't already collect Ksuba money. Number four doesn't have to swear at all, but according to Bananas, she does have to swear. the Gemara. Two brothers or two partners who have a court case with someone. One of the two brothers decides to go to Besan to fight the case, but the other one decides to stay home, and they lose the case. The brother who stayed home cannot go to the Besden and say atlav Baldvarm You, my brother, who went to Besden for me, I don't consider you my brother, and you're not, you're not none of your business. He can he cannot represent me. Basically, that's what he's trying to say. I want to go to court again, and when I'll go to court, I'll win the case. No, he can't do that since once number one went to court, and number two sat home and didn't do anything, that automatically number one became a shliach for number two. So the case is now closed because the Bezdin Besden already pi- passed on it. Two people came with two shtaras dated the same day, but they bought a specific piece of land. So who gets the piece of land? Rav says they split it in half. Shmuel says the Bezdin judge, depending on who they feel, is the likely owner, since he holds Ede Mesira Karsri. That's how the Mishnah. If someone has two wives, and he sold his field, and wife number one had written to the Lekach that she gives up her rights to this land, in case the Ksuba ischal, she in effect does give up her rights. The Gemara says that it's possible that wife number one can claim she didn't really give up her rights to the land. She only did this, she only made, sort of made it that way, or sort of said that in order to please her husband. This transaction, this particular question, is a machelikas tanaim. says she loses her rights. Rabbi Uda says she can say she didn't mean it, and she can still get a piece of the land. Our Mishnah is like Ramayr. We, say, we know from the Gemara when a person comes to collect a chayv, You cannot take from Mishubadim, from land that was already sold, as long as there are other existing assets to take from, even if these existing assets are ziburius, poor quality land. What if the Bnei Charen that exists get ruined by a flood, and therefore there are no Bnei Charen? Can you then go and collect from the Mishubadim or not? Our answer is yes, she can at that point collect from the Mishubadim. We know that any Karka property owned by a debtor at the time of a loan becomes automatically Mishubad mortgaged to his creditor if there was a Shtar halva. Therefore, when a loan is due, the creditor can collect payment by confiscating these properties. Even if these properties were subsequently sold, the creditor can extract them from the hands of the lekech, from the buyer, since they are considered mortgaged to him. The Gemara postulates, however, that a creditor has no right to collect his payment from the lecache as long as there are benecherin, unsold property in the debtor's possession, as we mentioned before. Thus, a buyer who wishes to protect his acquisition from being confiscated by a creditor should ascertain prior to the sale that the seller has sufficient B'nei harin in his property to repay all of his outstanding liabilities. The Gemara concludes, however, that this course is not fail-safe because in the event that the B'nei harin get ruined, for example, there's a flood, the creditors are then empowered to collect from the L'Kuchais. There's a dispute amongst the authorities that the Halacha with the remaining B'nei harin were seized by bandits. The Ritva is of the opinion that such a case is tantamount to being flooded. The creditor, therefore, has the right to collect his debt from the Lukuchais. The Rajbah, however, disagrees and maintains that losing the property to bandits is different than losing it to a flood. In regard to bandits, he says that Saif bala is Raalipa, meaning that in most cases bandits eventually receive their deserved downfall and are then forced to relinquish their unlawful acquisitions through a court case. The Rajba therefore is of the opinion that the creditor is not empowered to collect from the Lakuches, since a possibility exists in this kind of a case that eventually he will be able to collect his debt from the Benefaran field once it's returned to the original owner through a Psack of Bestin. And at this point we will conclude our share.